We are glad to announce we have partnered with Thrive Fantasy for the upcoming NFL season. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. In case you don't know what Thrive Fantasy is, Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports app for player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in respective sport. For this NFL season, Thrive allows you to choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The most points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $1.4 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and has $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1. Use promo code PODCAST when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And today, we are bringing you another banger podcast with arguably my favorite topic in all of sports, and that is college basketball. And Andrew, there's been a lot of news happening over the last couple of days, but let's get right into arguably the biggest news that we've seen so far over this entire college basketball offseason, and that is ESPN has canceled their Orlando hypothetical bubble, a lot like what the NBA has seen. And unfortunately, we will not see some of the bigger tournaments or early season tournaments. There's some that could be rescheduled, like the Jimmy V Classic and the Champions Classic, but those aren't really tournaments. Those are kind of just a game or two round robin style instead of a bracket. But Andrew, what are your takes on these early season tournaments being canceled and how does this look for the possibility of big non-conference games being played? Yeah, Henry, and I think we're on our way to just a conference-only schedule, and that's what it's looking like. I don't think you can have the travel across the country or even a certain amount of teams uh, in a certain specific area with each other. It just seems too much of a risk, and having like these big schools play across the country, and even this uh, Orlando bubble that was supposed to happen, just having too many teams around each other, it's just not ideal, and I don't think it will be done. You see college football right now. They're playing conference only, and it seems like it's going well, and that's what I think we're heading towards with this college basketball season. And I think the cancellation of uh, what would have been the Orlando bubble, but for the NCAA uh, non-conference, big non-conference games and tournaments uh, with that being canceled, I think we're just on our way to heading towards the style of play that college football chose. And that is conference only scheduling. Andrew, I have to disagree a little bit with you here. And I think that there will be conference, non-conference games being played because at this point it's too late. I feel like to, create a conference only schedule and there's a lot of big games that are going to be happening and that's a lot of money lost out on and especially for a team like Gonzaga I could say has possibly three top five matchups that they could be playing in Iowa Baylor and Kansas and even another top five matchup possibly I mean they're not going to want to lose out on all those big games and national exposure and I think a lot of teams are still pushing for non-conference play 
Henry, I have a question for you, and I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but you said that you really don't think uh, that they would just go a conference only. And even though they uh, did cancel the thought and idea of having that Orlando bubble for those early non-conference games and tournaments, so what do you think could be possible replacements for that Orlando bubble to see and get these uh, non-conference games and tournaments in? Well, Andrew, I don't think most of these tournaments will still happen, but you're seeing teams schedule one game, possibly big non-conference games around the country. As you see teams like Gonzaga, Kansas, Iowa, Baylor, just a few that I've mentioned, or you could see a lot of teams like Duke have created their own multi-team events, also known as MTEs, where they bring in uh, three to four other teams and play two games at their home location. And I think that's what a lot of teams will do that were slated to play in Orlando and they'll have their own multi-team events. But Andrew, let's move on now to our second topic today, which is we've seen a lot of immediate eligibility waivers being handed out recently. And I think that's a fact of, or a cause of just how much depth teams are going to need in case of a COVID outbreak for one team. But Andrew, what are your thoughts on the NCAA just basically handing out these immediate eligibility waivers? Like it's nothing at this point. Yeah, Henry. And I don't really like it at all, but I understand it because of uh, the times of COVID and these teams will need as many players as possible. But what I'm thinking here is that the NCAA needs to be more consistent, especially with uh, the immediate eligibility waivers that they've been handing out. You see last season, just for example, the Hauser twins, one transferred from Marquette to uh, Virginia, one transferred from Marquette to uh, Michigan State. And if either of those players played, I think those teams would have uh, done much better respectively in their conferences, yet they did not get immediate eligibility, either of those uh, set of brothers. And therefore, those teams suffered. And now you're just seeing the NCAA handing them out like it's nothing. And I, once again, I understand because it's uh, the times we're in, the difficult times we're in, but it, they just need to be more consistent with it because I know some players they granted to even before this season and some players they don't. I think they should make a universal rule saying whether or not certain players can get immediate eligibility and make it very clear whether or not uh, they should be able to get immediate eligibility. I'm talking about specific players, of course whether or not these specific players will be able to get immediate eligibility before they make the decision to transfer, because some of these players can be getting screwed by making that decision to leave college, leave their uh, school just to go to another uh, basketball program and have to sit out a year that could be detrimental to their playing careers and possibly hurt their chance at going pro. So I think they need to make a universal rule on why they should or why they shouldn't be able to give out immediate eligibility waivers just to everyone who uh, decides to transfer Henry. You know, Andrew, I think a couple of weeks ago, the NCAA did announce the possibility of allowing a one-time immediate eligibility transfer rule. And I think that is supposed to be approved in January. So I feel like at this point, the NCAA is just moving forward with that being the plan and kind of just giving anyone who has the possibility of transferring or already transferred 
and needs that eligibility waiver to play the season. I think they're just giving them that because it's just what's going to happen for however long we see this rule stay in place for. But Andrew, let's move on now to probably my favorite topic that we'll be talking about today, and that is Michigan State basketball. And we did see that they were slated to play in one of the Orlando tournaments, the Orlando Invitational specifically. And they were also supposed to play in the Champions Classic, but that is supposed to be moved. And the possible location is Indianapolis for that. And it looks like it'll be played on December 1st with them slated to play Duke. But Andrew, unfortunately, Michigan State is in a tough spot right now, trying to deal with the loss of possibly three to four non-conference games, and they will be looking to reschedule them. But what are your thoughts and what do you think Michigan State should do to get these three to four or even five games back that they could be losing in non-conference play? Henry, I mean, I'm just talking about this, the potential loss of those big non-conference games. And I really think this hurts Michigan State for many of reasons. You see Tom Izzo purposely try to have tougher scheduling, non-conference scheduling at the beginning of the season to prepare his team for Big Ten play. Now they're not going to have that preparation. And I think this will hurt them down the road because this team is one of the younger teams that Tom Izzo's had in a while. And and they need to be prepared by these tough non-conference games. And they're just not going to have it this season. I don't think so. And Henry, to answer your question, what can they do to try to get these non-conference games back? I guess they can try to go on their own, maybe schedule a couple games or at least attempt to on their own with some of these teams that also got canceled and try to work something out. And hopefully the NCAA approves it, but it's probably going to be hard because you're going to see plenty of teams across the country, especially these uh, high level college basketball programs trying to do the same thing. And it might get uh, complicated and there might be a whole bunch of chaos throughout the NCAA if these non-conference games start getting canceled. So I don't think there's much Michigan State can do in terms of scheduling because they're basically going to be in the same spot as everybody else in the country. But Henry, the cancellation or the possible cancellation of these non-conference games could be detrimental to their uh, season. And I think it will hurt them in the long run. You know, Andrew, one possibility for Michigan State could be to, as I mentioned earlier, to schedule their own multi-team event, but that would only get them two to maybe three games. But another option is there is a opening in a four-team event. I don't know exactly where that is, but that does include Gonzaga, Kansas, and Auburn, where they, I think, would match up playing Kansas and Auburn in those two games. So if they're able to schedule an NTE, bring in maybe a bunch of teams from Michigan, play two games against Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, or Western Michigan, and then go out and play a team like Kansas and then Auburn, and then also play Oakland, who I think there's a guarantee that they're going to play them, as well as Duke in the Champions Classic. I think that'd be a great non-conference schedule for Michigan State. They get two games against, for, for sure, top 10 teams, plus an Auburn team that could be very good as well as a few cupcake games, as we like to call them, against three possible teams for Michigan. And I think that'd be a great way for Michigan State to fill out their non-conference schedule. Yeah, Henry, and I agree with you 
very much because I think the in-state games will help because that limits travel. So you will probably see Michigan State start scheduling Western Michigan, Central Michigan, maybe even Eastern Michigan, because I know those teams like to play uh, the better teams early in the season because, number one, it gets their program exposure. Number two, possible chance of upset. And number three, it's always good to play better competition. But what I have to say is, Henry, I really hope Michigan State can reschedule some of these tougher games early in the season because this is what we all want to see, especially coming from Michigan State fans. I love to see these big matchups. And, Henry, like you said, maybe they can enter – that uh, opening in that four-team tournament you said with Gonzaga, uh, Auburn, and Kansas. That will be interesting to see whether or not openings start happening and you see better teams start uh, sliding into those openings, playing those tough teams, and we can still get the great games we were looking forward to. But, Henry, overall, I think this hurts Michigan State in any way this goes down, except for maybe, just maybe these – non-conference games don't get canceled and they get played out just as planned. Yeah, Andrew, but talking a little bit about the actual Michigan State team itself, I mean, you heard Tom Izzo had his first time to talk to the media last week on Monday or Tuesday, I believe, which was their first practice. And he definitely said there was a lot of question marks with this team. I mean, I thought there was a lot more clarity on the possible starting lineup for Michigan State, but according to what he says, I mean, just about everyone has a chance to start at this point, which kind of makes sense. They hadn't really practiced, but I would figure with such a off season where you could see guys improving and what guys have done in the past, it would be pretty obvious, but apparently it's not. And from what, he, from what I heard, the only two guaranteed starters at this point are Joey Hauser and Aaron Henry. So Andrew, what are your thoughts on this Michigan State team and just – them as a whole Henry we all knew going to the season that the four and five position were kind of a toss-up we knew Joey Hauser was going to play uh, and probably start which is I said he is most likely going to start but that other position whether Hauser plays the four or five whichever one he doesn't play in will be probably the biggest question for this team but now you're uh, hearing from Izzo that the point guard spot is a coin toss too now because you have veteran leader Foster Lawyer who knows the system and knows how to run the offense. But Henry, I think we can both agree he is not, he's not that good. And he's he's a very fundamentally sound player and he knows how to uh, just run the system in Michigan State since he's been there for uh, two years. He's going on his third year. He's played behind Cassius Winston, who's one of the best uh, point guards of from Michigan State history, but Henry, you you just typed in the chat in our Zoom that he can't play D and I uh, defense, and I 100% agree with you. You saw what happened against Duke last year, and uh, Trey Jones absolutely cooked Foster Lawyer. He made him look like a fool out there, and that's the problem. He's undersized. He's not fast enough. He's not athletic enough. That's the problem with Foster Lawyer. So we were initially thinking that Rocket Watts was going to be converted from more of a shooting guard to a point guard heading into the season. You saw him play there at the end of last season a little bit uh, while Winston was sitting out and Watts did a great job there. And we were thinking it was a no brainer to place him there at a uh, point guard at the start of this season. And now is saying that Foster lawyers showed great improvement this off season. And we could be seeing 
the veteran leader starting at point guard at the start of the season for Michigan State. I would rather see Rocket Watts because he brings much more upside to this team. But you know Izzo, he doesn't like starting the younger guys with less experience, especially at certain positions. So I think Izzo might go with the safer option. We saw last season, of course, uh, Thomas Kithier. He was uh, an older guy for the four spot. He was only a sophomore, but he was typically for that team an older guy because we had a lot of young freshman forwards come in. And we saw Kithier being the guy who got the start. And as the season went on and as it progressed, we saw those younger guys getting the start, more specifically Malik Hall at the four. But Henry, as of right now, I would like to see Rocket Watts at the point guard, but I don't think we will be. I think he'll be a shooting guard and maybe they move Aaron Henry down to small forward because I don't see a way that you don't put Rocket Watts in the starting lineup, especially since we're uh, – less experienced in the starting lineup and Rocket Watts is a returning player who had a great season last year and you have to think there is no way with the loss of Cassius Winston that Rocket Watts doesn't start and he was even a starter last year with Rocket Watts imagine him getting demoted to possible six man with losing our best uh, guard which would be kind of crazy to me I don't see it happening but who knows maybe we do see Izzo try to switch up the starting lineup a bit and have some uh, star power come off the bench, especially with Joshua Lankford, who could be potentially one of the better shooting guards who's coming off uh, some bad injuries the past couple of years. He hasn't really been healthy, but seeing that Rocket Watson, possibly Joshua Lankford come off the bench, that could be interesting to see who uh, Michigan State has coming at the six and seven man off the bench. But Henry, as of right now, as you said, Izzo said the starting lineup is kind of a coin toss, and I believe him. There is no really true star of this team. I guess you could say Rocket Watts and Aaron Henry, but no one's really impressed me and took the leadership role that uh, Cassius Winston took last year. And, of course, Xavier Tillman was kind of like his sidekick. You, you aren't really seeing that this year so far, at least in the offseason through uh, the little practices that they had It'll be interesting to see who steps up. I believe it will be something like Rocket Watts or maybe even uh, Aaron Henry, Joey Hauser. I believe it'll be one of them three, but maybe you see Foster Lawyer take a bigger lead uh, here and steps up in a bigger role in this uh, Michigan State team and system. I believe it has a chance in happening. Izzo's praised him all offseason. And I think the biggest questions for Michigan State right now for the starting lineup is, of course, the point guard spot and either the four or five, whichever one Hauser is not placed at. You know, Andrew, with it being almost impossible at this point to tell who is going to be in the starting lineup for Michigan State, I don't think it'd be a good idea for us to try and predict what Izzo is going to roll out with this season. But is there anything else you'd like to mention about Michigan State and what you've seen this offseason or what you think the possible scheduling or just anything about Michigan State we haven't talked about yet? Well, I just want to say that this team is going to be much more inexperienced, I should say. And there's very little veteran leadership on this team. We have a ton of juniors, but very little seniors, if any at all. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but, oh, Langford is a senior. But he is the only senior. He is going to be that veteran leader for this team, along with possibly Foster Lawyer. But, Henry, there's a lot of juniors on this team, and Langford is the only senior. So a very young team. 
typically you see uh, Izzo having an older team and an older starting lineup, but you will be seeing some underclassmen uh, playing in this starting lineup and playing big roles for this team. So don't be surprised if you see some early mistakes from this Michigan State Spartans team because it will happen because of the how inexperienced this team will be compared to uh, previous teams Izzo has rolled out with. You know, Andrew, you mentioned a couple things that I want to talk about, and you mentioned how Izzo usually likes to go with an older, more developed kind of starting lineup, but I don't think he has the luxury of being able to do that this year. I think it'd be smarter for him to come out with a faster, athletic, shooting type of lineup, and I think you can all kind of guess what I think the lineup will be without even saying that if you're a Michigan State fan. But, I mean, it's it's just going to be interesting with – not much veteran leadership, as you mentioned. And I just think it's going to be tough for Michigan State to obviously win games in the beginning of the season. But you always see that with Michigan State. I mean, they're not a very good early season team. But expecting, you know, that to happen, I think we can both say we're, we expect Michigan State to be a very good team this year. And obviously, definitely one of the best teams in the entire country and the Big Ten. But with that, I mean... We, we are officially under one month away from college basketball season, Andrew, and I can both and I can say for both of us, we are very excited to watch college basketball in any way, shape or form. We're excited to see those top five matchups in early December that make no sense why they're be being played because no team is ready to play a top five team, but we're looking forward to it. And I am just so excited to watch college basketball in under a month, Andrew. Yeah, Henry, and what will make this college basketball season special will be if we can see those uh, very high-level teams play in these non-conference games. So I'm just crossing my fingers. We can see the, the Champions Classic being played in all these other big tournaments. Of course, I'm a little biased because uh, Michigan State will be playing in the Champions Classic, as always, but uh, you, you get what I'm trying to say here for everyone listening. And we, we want to see these high-level teams play each other because that is what we love to tune into at the beginning of the season every single year, and I hope we get it, Henry. I just pray that the NCAA can figure out what needs to be uh, figured out and can actually get these non-conference games done and played safely. It'll be interesting to see what happens over this next 28 days before college basketball season officially starts on thanksgiving eve but with that andrew i think this would be a great time to wrap up tonight's podcast as always we want to thank everyone for listening we hope you did enjoy this podcast and are looking forward to our next podcast that we will be posting sometime later this week or whenever you're listening to this podcast sometime soon at this point we'll be posting a podcast but once again we hope you did enjoy and we'll see you guys next time on the last take sports podcast